Welcome to the audio podcast of The Father's House. We hope and pray that you are both challenged and encouraged by this time in the Word. Uh, We're starting a new series today. We're going to do this for two weeks. It's called Seeing God. And uh, we started out the year talking about hearing God, and now we're going to do two weeks on seeing God. And I was thinking about this this week as I was prepping and going, man, we sing a lot of songs about seeing God. And I want to kind of go through memory lane a little bit. This is not necessarily a worship moment. This is more just, remember those old commercials where it was like gold hits of the 80s? And it would just scroll. Yeah, it's one of those. There it is. Oh, you hit that one hard. It vibrates like that. So I won't do that. Uh, This one's for Pastor Jude. Maybe you guys remember this one. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted. Anybody remember this one? Old school guys? I gotta be honest, I was gonna sing that an octave lower, and then it, it took me by surprise. Thanks, Laura. Heard you. And the cool thing about this song is there would be a whistle. Does anybody remember the whistle in the original recording of this song? It was like these crazy festivals they did in the UK, and they would, that's where they wrote this song. They'd be like, wanna see, we wanna see, and it's just like, this is awesome. This is great. Uh, okay, but how about on a more serious note, uh, I love this song, Always Have. Uh, how about this one? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. I don't know how many of you guys want to see him today. All right. Uh, another one that we sing is, um, if I remember it. I remember the song. It's actually just remembering which song. That's always the hardest part in these moments. Uh, How about, uh, I can't look away. And I can't look away. Because I have seen your face. Oh, so I can't look away. Right? And it begs the question, have you seen his face? Right? When he's seeing those. But we're going to talk, that's what we're going to talk about today. So if that just brought up a bunch of questions, you're in the right spot. Hang out. Uh, one more that I want to do, and then we're going to get into the content of the word today. This is an older one, uh, but a really good one. Feel free to sing along uh, with this one. Show me your face, Lord. Show me your face. my legs that I may stand in this holy place. Wanna sing that prayer? Show me your face. Show me your face, Lord. Your power and grace. Cause I could make it to the end. If I can just see your face. Amen. So come on, we're going to jump into the Word today. And uh, as I put my guitar down and get ready, if you brought your paper Bible with you, come on all campuses, if you brought a paper Bible, would you turn with me to Exodus chapter 33? If you don't have a paper Bible, get out your phone, your iPad, download version if you don't already have it, and it will also come up on the screens. But come on, let's hear you flip into, the, flip into that scripture I remember when I was a kid in church, all we had was paper Bibles, and so it would sound like there's rain in the building. So, let's see. 
There it is. The rain is the rain of scriptures falling. I love it. Exodus 33, second book of the Bible. I cheated and have my ribbon in my Exodus 33. Oh, come on, we're going to jump into this today. We're going to talk about seeing God, and we're going to read the, the story in the Bible that that last song we just sang came from. It came from this context. And so uh, before we jump into this and, and read this scripture, read this story, this is where we're going to be all day today, so you can keep your little bookmark in there if you want. Uh, but I want to pray over the word uh, before we go into it. And so join me, with, if you would. Father, we thank you today for the word of God. God, I thank you, and, and God, what a mystery that this book that was published and printed by a company in the United States somehow contains the very words of God. But God, today we thank you that it's not this physical book that changes us, it's the spiritual book that changes us. We thank you, God, that in John 1 it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so God, my simple prayer today, just like my prayer is every day, God, I pray that just as you, Holy Spirit, you descended upon Jesus, who was the Word, when he was baptized in the Jordan, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, would you descend upon the Word of God as we read it together today, God, as we open this book, we just say, God, change us, we open our hearts, we open our minds, let he who has ears, let him hear, and let he who has eyes to see, let him see what you are saying and what you are doing in your church today, and we thank you for your Word, and if you agree with that, would you say amen? Amen. So Exodus 33, and uh, even though I have my notes, I do want to read from the paper Bible today. We're going to start in verse 11. It says this, thus the word, uh, what? That's why you don't read from a paper Bible. Like I, my eyes don't even know what to do with this paper and ink. <laughs> thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know who you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he, that's God, said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. By the way, this is the uh, key verse of our church that next week we celebrate 26 years that this verse has been our cry right here, Exodus 33, 15. He said, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? Verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. 
So we're going to dig into this today. We're going to look at what God is showing us from this scripture because right at the get-go, I want to tell you, if you get nothing else from this message, you to get this. God isn't playing hide-and-seek, but he hides himself in order to reveal himself to those who will seek after him. Or in simpler terms, it's simply this. God wants us to see him. God wants us to see him. But, okay, that's great. But, Joseph, did you listen to what you were just reading? God says nobody can see him. But you just said God wants us to see him. So what is up with this major contradiction? So that's what we're going to look into this today because we have to understand, we have to dig into this. And one uh, lesson that I've learned in studying the word now is that if there seems to be a uh, contradiction in Scripture, that is a huge clue that it's time to dig into Scripture and to look at the original language. Because uh, maybe if you're you know, new to this church thing, new to Bible, um, the Bible was not written in English. And it was not written to Americans. It was written, the Old Testament was written to Hebrew-speaking people uh, in the Mediterranean, okay? So it, we have to look at, okay, what, what is God saying? Who's he speaking to? What are the words he's using? So we get translated face a lot in this scripture. Uh, but the word for face in the Hebrew is paneh. And it means face, appearance, or presence. So context would then tell us that God here, he's not talking about his actual face, he's talking about his presence when he said in verse 11 that Moses used to speak to him face to face, right? Because verse 20 says, nobody can see my face and live, and yet verse 11, he said that Moses spoke with him face to face. So what, what's happening there? It must be talking about presence. Let me illustrate it in this way. How many of you know that men and women define quality time in different ways? Okay. My, the way I define quality time is if we're in the car together, going somewhere for a duration of time, we just spent time together. And it was meaningful, and it was great, we've connected, and like we're gonna be together for a long time, like we got relationship, it's awesome. My wife is like, no, I need you right here. Right, like we'll be together all day on a day off, and then like at the end of the day, she's like, I didn't, we didn't even spend time together. And I'm like, I beg your pardon. I, we were together all day, but we weren't like this all day, right? And so uh, I, I'm being a little cheeky here, I know, but what did verse 11 say? It says that God was with Moses face to face. Let's just turn to this real quick here. Did I put it here? I did. There you go. The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. How? As a man speaks to his friend. So it's showing us this. It's not face to face. It was presence to presence. Can I get an amen in the room? Okay, I know this is silly. It's silly, but I, I just, I was like, Lord, thank you for that little nugget that we saw there that it was as a, as a man. Because nobody can see your face and live. So it confirms that he was talking about presence to presence. Moses used to speak to God presence to presence. And so uh, we cannot see his face. Exodus thirty three twenty. God says, but... You cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. Now, how many of you, like me, have prayed, God, show me your face, right? God, show me your face. I want to see your face. I want to see your glory. You know, those are uh, good things to pray, but maybe, like me, you've been disappointed because, you're like, God, I've been saying, show me your face for a long time, but I haven't seen your face. There's certain prayers that we're glad God doesn't answer. He is a good father because he's sitting here going, you can't see my face, and you're welcome because you would be dead instantly. Why? Because it says no man representing flesh, representing our fallenness. No sin can come into the presence of God 
and live. It's why when we come to God, we need to repent. We need to ask God to forgive us, and we have a turn of heart because we can't bring all the junk from life into the presence of a holy God and expect it to be okay because that very junk in our lives compromises God's perfect holiness. See, there's the thing about God is this. He is perfectly holy, but being that we live on this earth, we are fleshly. All right, the most holy person on earth right now, I don't even know who that would be, but the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. So we, nobody can see, like stop trying to be so perfect that you can see his face because it will not happen, all right? While God is gracious, he is not common. This is something we lose in our nation, in our Western Christianity, our feel-good Christianity. No, the reason this all works and the reason that God is amazing is because he's not like us. He is perfectly holy. While he welcomes us in, there's still parameters for how we come to God. And unlike the clothing line that you've maybe seen around, Jesus is not my homeboy. Jesus is completely holy. He's completely God. He is completely divine. He completely deserves my worship. He completely deserves my honor because he's not like me. And I thank God that God is not like me because if he was, I would be in a world of hurt right now. I would have no lifeline and the same is true for you. So if Moses spoke to God presence to presence, verse 20, God tells Moses, no one can see my face and live. So then the question is, so then what did Moses see? And what can we see of God? How many of you guys are glad this whole message isn't just about, hey, we're going to talk about seeing God? You can't. See you later, right? No. So what can we see of God, right? He wants us to see him. Now, as I go into this, I just want to state the obvious that I'm going to use natural terms to try to define the supernatural. I'm going to try to use finite context to describe someone who is infinite. Uh, I'm going to try to use the confines of language to describe a God who is unconfinable by any language or anything that we can do. And so we have to be okay with mystery. We have to be okay with mystery. The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we stand in awe of him. See, I love this. I love being okay with mystery because it means that God is so much bigger than I am. And everything that you walk through in life, see, if we can wrap our heads around God, then we're God. Track with me. If you have the answer for every situation about who God is, why God does what he does, how he moves how he does, then you figured him out which means now you are bigger than God, which means you are God. How many guys are glad you're not God? How many found out that if you were God, you were powerless and we're hopeless and Lord help us all, right? Uh, so be okay with mystery. This whole thing is mystery, but we've, we've, God's given us some clues through his word and he's given us some clues through personal experience about who he is and how he moves and what we can experience in him. And that's what I'm here to tell you today. So while I've got some things I think are gonna be very encouraging to you, just understand that these are only clues to a greater mystery. Are you guys okay with mystery today? William Mount said this, humans interact with God through sight. 
Because of God's holiness and human sin, the face of God cannot actually be seen by people, yet because of God's mercy, he allows Moses to see his back. And God's presence with his people is described in visual terms. You, O Lord, have been seen face to face, it says in Numbers. People are to taste and see the Lord's goodness, it says in Psalms 34. To see God's goodness is to see his glory. For example, his sovereign mercy and compassion that we just read about, seeing God's glory causes humble worship. When you encounter this holy God, worship is natural. So Exodus 33, back to this, I wanna read verses 18 and 19. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he, that's God, said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And so what is this word glory? In the Hebrew, it's the word kabod. It's the weightiness of God. But he tells us, God himself tells us, I'll show you my glory and here's what it is. And he, we just read it. It's his goodness, it's his, the attributes of his name. He's our savior. He's our healer. He's the God who fights for us. There's all these different names of God, and that is his glory. It re reveals who he is. It's God's grace and God's mercy. But I love this thought about Moses says, God, show me your glory. Or you might pray, God, show me your face. And God would say to you, like he said to Moses, okay, I will make my goodness pass before you. I love that thought, the, the goodness of God. In, other, uh, in Exodus 33, seeing God represented God's favor and his distinction on his people and his presence going with them, as we read. But other examples in the Bible, God's glory looked like this. They saw uh, theophanies, which were appearances of an image of God, uh, and that's all spooky and mystery, and you can go read about that when you want. But they saw clouds. They saw God in the fire in the cloud. They saw other supernatural manifestations. And man, wouldn't that be cool to see, like you came to church at all of our locations today, and there was a, a pillar of, of fire just above the, the entrance to the church. I mean, that would be helpful, wouldn't it? When people go, hey, why do you go to church? You go like, all right, that would be helpful. But guess what? God still manifests his glory in powerful ways even today. Uh, a couple of years ago at a pursuit night, we were, I was standing right here leading worship. And right in the middle of worship, and it felt good. You know, all these words we use, oh, the flow was awesome. It felt good, you know. But all of a sudden, we started smelling something sweet. And I'm looking around going like, okay, who just walked in with perfume that wasn't here a second ago? And I remember even stopping the meeting and I was like, guys, this is kind of crazy because this is not going away. Does anybody over here, like did somebody walk in that has perfume? Like, no, we smell it too. And so what, what was it? Is God perfume? No, what is it? It's his goodness passing by. It's us going like, wow, God, your glory is here. We don't start worshiping perfume. We don't go to you know, Sephora and start going, Lord, thank you. No, he used a manifestation to say, no, this is my goodness passing by you. A couple of weeks ago, right in this room, over 200 people were miraculously healed on the spot. Just show of hands. Is anybody here that was miraculously healed in that Thursday night meeting a couple weeks ago? Come on, look around, guys. Hands are up. We're not lying. God healed people. They're all over our campuses right now. I know there are people that were healed miraculously. They could run and couldn't run before that moment because of a knee injury. Or uh, somebody, one of our, our staff that had, a hearing, had hearing loss and took her hearing aids out and her hearing, hearing aids were in her purse because God opened her ears. Uh, we're not making this stuff up. So what is it? Do we start worshiping healing? No. 
It's his goodness passing by. When you're in a room like that and you're, you're questioning God, God, are you real? God, is this all? And then someone gets healed, you go, glory. It's the glory of God. And we long for that, but I think where the church has maybe gotten a little bit messy over years is when God would start manifesting stuff like that, people start worshiping and looking for that. God, show me the healing. God, show me the perfume. God, show me the, no, no, God, show me your face. If we can just keep going after God's face, then his hand will start doing some things that are going to rock your world and be a sign to the unbelievers around you and a sign to people at work and so on and so forth. But So God still does manifest powerfully in those ways, but God is revealing himself all the time. The Bible tells us that creation reveals God. Psalm 19.1 said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Oh man, I love seeing God in creation. A colorful sunset, it's God's goodness passing by. If you drive into Yosemite Valley, you come through that first opening, I've never been there, but I've seen Jude's pictures and it's awesome. <laughs> Even through pictures, I, what is that? It's God's goodness passing by. Standing on the sand, gazing out into the ocean. Man, if you've ever done that, you are confronted with how small you are and how big God is. It says his thoughts towards you are bigger than the grain of sand on the seashore. And if you've ever laid on the sand and looked at every grain, what is that? His goodness passing by. The snow-capped mountains of Vacaville. His goodness. Man, Friday morning, man, we opened up the curtains and I was like, do I live in Tahoe? What just happened? It was awesome. What did it do? It stopped me in my tracks. It made me go, wow, what is that? It's his goodness passing by. So God is revealing himself in creation all of the time, but God also reveals himself to us personally. A couple examples. You've been praying about something and praying about something, and maybe in your prayer time it started to feel really good, and then all of a sudden, boom, breakthrough came in that area. What is that? His goodness passing by. Maybe years ago, you prayed, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. God, please, show me your face. Didn't seem like anything happened. A couple months later, breakthrough. What is that? God revealing his face, revealing his glory to you. Maybe you're in a time of worship, in your car, or in your secret place, or in church, and you're singing songs, and all of a sudden, something hits your emotions. What is that? His goodness passing by. His glory passing by. Or you read the word, and suddenly the, the words on this page seem like they come off the page and they get implanted into your soul. It's God revealing himself. It's his glory. It's him showing you another aspect of who he is. And man, I'm so excited to tell you that God is infinite, and so there is infinitely more revelation of God for you to experience. Why would you serve God for the rest of your life? Because you will never exhaust the amount of God that you can see through creation, through personal revelation, through manifestations, and however else God wants to reveal himself to you. Come on, this is why I love God. But finally, God reveals himself in his church. See, where Moses was when it said that God met with him face to face, he was at the tent of meeting. And it was the place that God, uh, formerly in, in Exodus, he had said, there at the tent of meeting, I will meet with you and I will speak to you. And so Moses would go there and God's glory would rest over it, and God spoke with Moses presence to presence. Well, today, God still wants to meet with us and speak to us in the tent of meeting. 
We just call it church. We call it the Father's house. We call it our campuses. Or, but anywhere we gather together to worship him, God still says, I have desired to dwell there in that place. Where two or more are gathered, it says he is in the midst. Where we enthrone him on our praise, that word enthrone means that he sits down upon it. So when we come together like this church, God rests in this place and his goodness passes before us. Where the declaration of his kingdom goes forth from the word of God and where we encounter the move of the Holy Spirit as people, men and women, and sons and daughters move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it is his glory and it is his goodness passing before us. And you want to see God? The number one place that you are guaranteed to see him on earth is in the tent of meeting. This is why this is so important. This is not a club. It's not, you know, some social gathering. This is not, you know, a crutch for religious people. No, this is people saying, like, God, show me your glory. God, show me your face. And on those days where you feel weak and like, you're like, God, my prayers aren't being answered. I don't sense God. You come into a room like this or any one of our locations and the people are lifting up their voices and something happens. God's enthroned on that praise and suddenly, boom, his glory, his goodness, his mercy, his grace. He de- declares to you the attributes of his name. All of this is where we see God, presence to presence. So, We've talked about what it is, we've talked about where we can see it, but now I wanna drive it home. Why should we go after this? Why should we ask God to show us his face? Number one, you were made for it. You were made for communion with God. No, not a little plastic package with juice and a moon food wafer, (laughs) right? Again, I, I just wanna say, we've said this before. There are certain religions that believe that is the body of Christ, It's not. I can't even guarantee it's edible, but it does package well. And it's the best one that we could, we've literally tried. We had a sampling, you know, and tried every communion we could find. Uh, And the juice is great. And the wafer is, it's edible. Um, But it is not Jesus because that is not my Jesus. That's for sure. So it's not this, you know, whatever they call that. The words aren't coming to me. Ex-Catholics in the room, you can let me know what it's called. Yes. Okay, we're getting off track. It's not the word I was looking for, but I need to move on because I'll get two down this rabbit hole. It is the sacrament, though. Thank you. You were made to see God. You were made to be presence to presence with him. So why do we care about this? Because if you're not, your life is suffering as you speak. Like a fish out of water, someone said, our lives suffer for our poor environment when we are not in the presence of God. But you might be like, nah, I'm fine. You're not. You've just acclimated to your environment. So what the enemy tries to do is distract us. As long as my life is keeping on par with the people that live on my block or in my apartment complex, I'm doing pretty good. But when you read the Bible, which is a mirror, the Bible tells us, and we look at our lives and compare it to the word of God, if we are not running after encounters with God, running after seeing the face of God, seeing the presence of God, seeing the glory of God, our lives are living at a far lower potential than what God has designed for each and every one of you. If you have not sensed and seen the power of God move through you to touch somebody else, you are living at a lower potential for your life than what God has for you. And I don't say that to condemn you. I say that to encourage you and call you up. There is more in God. There is more in God. The American dream is so far below the dream that God has for each and every person's life in this room. 
If you've never led someone to Jesus, you are living below your potential. If you've never prayed for someone, you are living below your potential. God has more for you than you have ever experienced, and it will be true until the day you see him face to face, because that is who our God is. So why do we care? Number one, we were made for it. Number two, it changes everything. Why do we need to see God? Because it changes everything. When you see God, insecurity melts away. Because you go, no, no, I've encountered the God of the universe, the God who has created me, and so suddenly my insecurity and my identity crisis that I'm in, that is gone because I've seen him face to face. Your doubt and confusion turns into clarity. Fear of the future turns into assurance that you're not alone and it's gonna be okay when you see God. When you see God, he unlocks purpose and future for your life greater than you could see for yourself. And I remember in my life, just quick story, I, uh, when I was 15 years old, I went on a missions trip to Germany and we were there for two and a half weeks and here at the Father's House, our, our trips are not usually that long, but Foursquare, that's how they used to roll. So, uh, so I went to Germany for two and a half weeks and on this trip, we were required to spend an hour every day with God. And as a 15-year-old, you know, there's moments I had spent with God and read my Bible and prayed, but I had never committed to a daily, like, one hour of being with God. So I was like, wow, this is intense. So we started to do it because you'd get in trouble if you didn't. And uh, so, but I'm grateful for it because I started to get into his word and pray every day and set aside that time for God. And guess what happened? I encountered God. As a 15-year-old who loved Dave Matthews' band and wouldn't mind going on tour at the Dave Matthews Band cover band. Shout out to all the DMB fans at all the locations. There's a bunch at East Bay hanging out. Don't let them fool you. I actually don't know that for sure. I just figured because they're closer to the Bay Area, you know. 15 years old, and God put something in my spirit. I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't see his physical face. But he said, Joseph, I'm calling you to worship ministry. And at that point, I had never led worship before but I led worship for the first time on that missions trip. And it set the course now for 25 years of my life that I've been walking in and God's been opening doors and he's directed my prayers and he's directed my steps and he's directed my decisions. Why? Because I saw him. It changes everything. Not one person in this room or at any of our locations does God want to just wander around in obscurity trying to think about God, what do you have for my life? He has a plan. He said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. So this is why we need to see the face of God. This is why we need to pray, God, show me your glory. So the last thing I want to end with here is this. So how do we see God? How do we see God? Is it the right song? Is it the right prayer? Is it wear the same socks you wore last time that you saw God? Come on, right? We get like Christian superstitious and go like, okay, well, you know, when I sang that song last time, it's when really God really came. And so if I just sing that song all the time, God will come, right? And we do these things, right? Luckily, Jesus tells us how to see God. In Matthew chapter five, verse eight, this is in the Sermon on the Mount. He says this, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. This is Jesus saying this, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Now, I know there's a bunch of people that are just going like, well, that's it, I'm out. You would not believe the things that are in this heart or have been in this heart, so I guess, see you later. How many of you are glad that Jesus didn't say, blessed are the perfect in heart, but blessed are the perfect in track record? No, 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 he said, blessed are the pure 
in heart, for they will see God. So what does that mean? Well, R.T. France tells us this. He says, pure in heart should not be restricted to moral, still less sexual purity. It denotes one who loves God with all his heart, with an undivided loyalty, and whose inward nature corresponds with his outward profession. Craig Blumberg says this, purity in heart refers to moral uprightness, a lifestyle characterized by pleasing God. So this, is, this means it's, it's not like, oops, I messed up, I can't see God. No, God said, again, I've already quoted this, but uh, that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. It means this, that your heart is toward God. Your heart is to please God. Oh, God, I messed up again, but I'm your son, and God, I give you my life, and and I want to run after you. God is gracious. He is merciful, and so he wants to show you himself. I want to show you this in Psalm 36, 9. I've read this scripture before, but in the light of this, this message, God showed me this this week. Psalm 36, 9 says, in your light do we see light. What does that mean? In your light do we see light. Well, if you've ever gone to a movie in the middle of the day, and then especially if you go out like that back door that goes like right to your car so you don't have to go through the lobby again, right? You guys know that? You haven't let your friends in that door, have you? Because we'll tell them. Um, But you're in this dark room, and then boom, you blast through that door, and you're like, and your eyes literally hurt, and you're just like this for a while, and then you're like, try to open them. Ah, it hurts, right? But when you're in the light, your eyes adjust to the light and suddenly you can see a bunch of things you couldn't see a couple seconds ago. Here's the key. So many of us, we live in places of darkness trying to see light. I'm not saying this to condemn, I'm saying this to encourage and pull up. Maybe you've never heard this before, maybe you've just given your life to Jesus recently. You cannot be hanging out uh, as a habit and as a lifestyle, watching movies that are full of profanity and nudity and spiritual things and trying to see light. You can't digest a a constant uh, diet of music that has horrible themes and bad language and try to see light. It's in his light that we see light. And so this is why we come to church and why we're in groups and why we read our Bibles every day. Is it to earn it? Absolutely not. It's so that your eyes can start adjusting to see the goodness of God that's all around you, that God wants to reveal to you so that you will be sensitive again, so that you can perceive what God wants to do in your life. So I just ask you that. How are you in darkness but trying to see light? God will reveal it because he loves you and he wants to show you more. And so he's not going to leave you in that place, but he'll start to show you some things in your life to go, hey, see this? That's stealing your ability to see me. Let's deal with that. And I love that about God. When you seek God with every part, you will see him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, but when you seek me, I'm sorry, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Not just your heart on Sunday, not just your heart on Thursday night, Wednesday night at youth, no, all your heart. When you just make it your aim to say, God, I'm living for you. Yes, I work a job too and I'm living for you there. I like to do some things for fun and I'm living for you there. When you seek him with all of your heart, you will find him. So how do we find God? Number one, purify your heart. Purify your heart. In fact, right now, we're not done yet. We're getting close, but I would like to pray for everybody, every location. If you would just bow your heads with me. And let's just take advantage of a moment right now that if you're here and you're saying, God, I want you to purify my heart to the next level. I want to see more of your light. Just would you lift a hand to him or both hands, whatever you want to do, but just some sign to God, you responding to him as I pray and agree with me in your heart. Father, I 
I thank you for all these today. And God, we pray you'd purify our hearts. God, forgive us for anything that maybe we didn't even know was in our heart that we've allowed to be there. And it's keeping us in darkness while we're trying to see light. And so God, I pray right now, purify us. Make us a people of singular focus. Give us an undivided heart, oh God. As the psalmist said, God, would you unite our hearts to fear you, God, to consider you above everything else. Lord, would you help us today? We want to be your sons and daughters, God, who see you and see your glory and see your face. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If I could have the piano come on up. And uh, last thing here, and then we're gonna close so Moses and God are on the mountain. But something else that I've seen in this scripture is, did you know that Jesus was there? Let me show you this. Exodus 33, verse 20. But he said, you cannot see my face, for a man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I've passed by. And then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but your face shall not be seen. So Moses was hidden in a rock so that he could encounter God's glory. First Corinthians 10 says this, they drank from the spiritual rock, capital R, that followed them. And here it is, the rock was who? Christ. The rock was Christ. God in his sovereignty and eternity saw that day like today. God lives outside of time, and like an editor on a film reel, he can see then and here at the same time because he lives outside of it. So this is not some ancient story. He left us a clue and showed us Jesus in Exodus to say, now for you in 2023, you need to be hidden in Jesus, the rock, so that I can show you my glory. So how do we do that? That's your second point. How do we see God? Hide in the rock. For every person here, every person at our locations, hide in his word. The word was God, it's Jesus. Hide in his word. Keep the time with the word. Commit to the word. Hide in his presence and hide in his house. And you will see God. You will see his face. You will see his presence. For more information on our church and other teaching resources, log on to our website at tfh.org or call our office at 707-455-7790.